Hey y'all, before we begin, I want to share with you that my online course, The Neurodiverse Classroom, is available now for elementary teachers. You can enroll anytime at learnwithdremily.com slash teachers. I created this course because every classroom is already a neurodiverse classroom. You became a teacher because you love watching students thrive, but you're starting to question if you can meet the needs of such a diverse group of learners. I see you. You are emotionally exhausted, especially after the past three years, but you're not alone and I'm here to help. So if you're ready to learn how to connect with every student and unlock their spark for learning again, sign up at learnwithdremily.com slash teachers. That's learnwithdremily.com slash teachers. Okay, y'all, let's start the show. Welcome to Learn with Dr. Emily, the podcast, where parents and teachers come together for neurodivergent youth. I'm your host, Dr. Emily King, child psychologist and former school psychologist, specializing in raising and teaching children and teens diagnosed with autism, ADHD, anxiety, learning disabilities, and or giftedness. Each week, I share my thoughts on a topic related to psychology, parenting, education, or parent-teacher collaboration, which you can read on my blog or listen here. If you want to learn more about me and my online resources for parents and teachers, just visit learnwithdremily.com. And let's get started. So parents, you've probably noticed that recently I've been sharing some information directly about teachers. I invite you to stay on and read or listen. The reason I change my focus at times is so that parents can hear things from a teacher's perspective and teachers can hear things from parents' perspectives. Sharing our stories is the foundation of effective collaboration, and I hope you stay for it all. Okay, so this week I'm going to be talking about why teachers are struggling to find balance and how we can actually help them. Um, I think parents sometimes feel like, I don't want to even email the teacher and cause the teacher more stress, but then at the same time, it's really helpful to collaborate with teachers. So I'm going to share some of my ideas about how teachers are telling me they feel lately um, and how some of them are struggling to stay motivated and stay excited about their work, um, really within a system that doesn't always work for them. This is especially true after two years of COVID learning and however that's looked in your community. And I think that it's time for us to rally around all the helping professions, but if you have the energy to support teachers as much as you can. So I truly believe that we are at a crossroads in public education. I'm going to talk specifically about public education today for a specific reason. Um, Some communities have charter options, which are funded publicly, but they are um, alternatives to just going to your base um, public school where you are zoned to go. And then some families have private options. But the public education options and why that's so important to our communities is that If we don't fully fund and fully support public education, then we do see the breakdown in our communities 15, 20 years later. You know, the citizens in our communities can only be as strong as the schools that we are all educated in. I'm a proud public school graduate. My kids go to public schools. I went to a public university. I just truly believe that we 
need to embrace the idea of making public schools great, whether your child goes to a public school or not, because this is how we educate our communities and strong citizens make strong communities. So from my perspective, these are the three categories of teachers at this current moment. We've, I think we all have heard and read many articles about the burnout. So the burnout strategy of teachers are those that have recently decided to retire early or leave the profession altogether. We've got a group of hopeful teachers, so I call these the hopeful. You know, they have considered other options, but they've decided to stay because they love the kids and they love the potential impact that they can make. And then we've got the undecided, aspiring teachers who might be on the fence because the picture that we paint as a culture of what it's like to be a teacher is less than enticing. But I want us to help young people understand that teaching is such an important job and we we need to encourage these people. So we have to support the hopeful teachers that are in it. We have to inspire the undecided teachers for the future of our communities. It might sound kind of dramatic when I say that, but I think it's realistic. So strong public schools build strong citizens who create strong communities. Schools are not successful because of the building or even the curriculum. Schools are successful because of the people. I'm really familiar with this because I have worked in a school. You know, there's an influential power of school culture that I felt when I was a school psychologist and a parent volunteer um, in my son's elementary school. I know that what helps teachers feel supported, and I also know what overwhelms them. Um, I will continue to listen to teacher stories because I have always done that throughout my career, but teachers don't have time to, to tell us these things. You know, they're busy. They're in the trenches. And if I can use some of my time during the week to elevate their stories, that's what I'm passionate in doing. So we have to provide teachers with the energy and the funding and the support because they provide stability to the routine for our kids and that spark of learning for our kids across their developmental experience. And I think we all felt that when schools closed over COVID, schools kind of make the world run. And when schools are closed, things get harder. So we really need to think about think back to what happened, you know, back in 2020 and how we felt about not having that support in person of our teachers. So many people feel the only way to create change is from the top down. In other words, if we elect leaders who pour money into the school system, all of our problems will be solved. While a lot of our problems would be solved and funding is absolutely the biggest barrier to systemic progress in public education, we have to also keep voting for local leaders who understand that strong public schools create strong communities. So Systemic progress is going to take time, and sometimes it takes a lot of time, like a generation of time. And I'm just not always willing to wait around for that. And so I continue to advocate for funding and work from the bottom up, which is with the teachers, in supporting our awesome teachers and inspiring the next generation of change makers. That's why I love working with teachers. So a little bit more about my story. When when I wanted to become a school psychologist, a few people tried to talk me out of it. Some people said, oh, you don't want to write reports all the time. And you don't, you can make a whole lot more money if you do something else, this or that. So I considered not doing it because I was in my early 20s and I listened to these people. But ultimately, I'm really glad that I didn't 
because I ended up doing something that I love. I love education and I love helping children, teachers, and parents work together. I'm so grateful for my experience working in public schools. It taught me that nothing is simple. There are no simple solutions, only complex solutions that involve staying curious and cultivating collaboration. Every child's brain is different. So you have to know that this can't be straightforward. That's actually what makes it exciting. If you try to make things uniform, someone's going to end up failing. The complexity is actually the part that I love to help sort out. But working as a therapist with the most complex emotional and behavioral concerns is intense work. As therapists, we're trained to recognize compassion fatigue in ourselves and set boundaries to manage our energy. Teachers are not always trained to do this. They need it more than anyone. Hey, y'all. I'm excited to announce that registration is now open for my summer workshops for elementary educators. We will be joining each other live via Zoom on Wednesday mornings in July to learn about reframing behavior, designing social-emotional lesson plans, how to write social stories that work, and also how to teach children about each other's neurodiversity. To learn more, go to learnwithdremily.com summer. Now back to the show. So what teachers need is these three things to help find balance within the profession of teaching. But these three crucial things need to happen. We need to listen to them. We need to teach them and we need to validate them. So let me explain. Listening to teachers means asking them what is working and doing more of it. When faced with a problem, we're too often quick to ask someone just to tell us what's going wrong. As a therapist, I listen to problems about behavior, emotions, and learning daily, all day long actually. But rehashing the problem doesn't get us to the solution. What gets us there is answering this question. Tell me what's working. When is this student independently getting started? When is this teacher feeling excited about her day? When is this parent able to work collaboratively with the team? Find out what is working and make more of that happen. What if you feel nothing is working? I promise you something is working, even if it isn't happening in the classroom. It's happening somewhere in the student's life. We need to find that interest, time of day, relationship that is working, figure out why it's working and how we can expand it to the rest of the child's day. We need to continue teaching the teachers. Most professional development for teachers is based on academics or the what of learning and teaching. However, many young and especially neurodivergent students come to school not yet ready to learn either due to their brain wiring or early life experiences. Teachers are hungry for more professional development on the how of teaching. How do I get the student to pay attention? How do I get him to begin on his own? How do I get her to tell me how she feels instead of crawling under the table? Teachers are well-versed in the what of teaching, but if the student isn't ready to receive the information, teachers often feel like they're failing. Teachers, you are not failing. This isn't hard because you aren't good enough or aren't doing it right. It is just hard. Administrators, please invest in more social, emotional, and mental wellness professional development for teachers. This is why I created the Neurodiverse Classroom online course. Teachers need more strategies for preparing students to learn, more information on what's happening in student brains when learning feels hard for them, and a community to share ideas about parent-teacher collaboration. 
The last thing we must do is validate our teachers. Support teachers' requests to set boundaries. Teachers know what's expected of them, and they know their limits. One of the barriers to validating others in our human is our human instinct to not believe the other person's experience because we didn't experience it the same way. But spoiler alert, no two people on the planet experience something the same way. In extreme circumstances like tragic events, we do have similar responses. But on a daily basis, one thing that is triggering for me may not be triggering for you. Every human being's experience is valid. We need to listen to teachers when they say they're stressed because a school full of stressed teachers does not make a strong school. We also need to listen to our kids when they say they're stressed. These are all ways that we can validate and work together. So one caveat to this is that teachers are trained to remain professional even when they're overwhelmed. So they may appear to be handling things well in front of a parent or student, but feel very stressed on the inside. So two things need to happen here to make a teacher and and his or her life sustainable the teacher life sustainable. Administrators must lead by example and validate teacher experiences. And parents just show gratitude on a daily basis for the job teachers are doing. You never know when your words of encouragement have been what that teacher needed to hear to keep going. If we can listen, teach, and validate our teachers' experiences, we will then cultivate a school culture that's inspiring for teachers and they'll want to join in. In the meantime, just one request, please stop telling young people not to become teachers. If they feel inspired to lead a classroom, we need to let them do it. Find what they love, find what they want to change about the system, and let them decide for themselves. Teachers, if you're ready to learn more about managing your energy and beating burnout this school year, I've created a free video series that you'll be able to access October 17th. You can sign up for that at learnwithdremily.com slash beat burnout. Let's stay connected and I will see you all next week.